Alive in Christ, Embracing Chicago, four pillars, four targets as a church that God gives us. These are God-given targets. And what we're going to talk about today is community. And at first it might seem strange, community, and we're celebrating Easter. You know, I mean, you can get there somehow, but uh, I think there's a lot to say about Easter, the resurrection, and community. Just, uh, well, just this morning, Julie and I are talking about our grandparents who are out there listening, and she's worried she's not going to see them or hasn't seen them for a while. And I told her, listen, it's been a month. You know, this is not bad. No, I'm joking. Um, I want to see my parents and, and in-laws too. Uh, but this pandemic has disrupted community, if anything has, right? We're told to stay home. We're told to socially distance. I mean, every command to get through this pandemic is an anti-community uh, command, whether it's gathering in church or, uh, or uh, going and hanging out uh, with uh, people at a party or going to the beach, etc. Very frustrating. And I know you're frustrated out there. And I can't say this again. As Christians, relax. Relax. Be good citizens. Love your neighbor. But it's frustrating. It breaks up community. There's people who are dying who can't see the ones they love, right? Um, I, I, as a pastor, have people out there that I really would like to probably visit, some people who are alone, some of our elderly people, you know, and I'm not supposed to. I don't want to make them sick. This really kind of breaks up community, doesn't it? But there's really nothing new. Illness, disease, it always really has, even though there might not be a pandemic and maybe we weren't supposed to, uh, we weren't told that we can't kind of be around someone to spread it. But illness breaks up community. It takes those we love and puts them in the hospital and takes them out of our home. But ultimately, illness leads to death and death separates us from one another. What's worse than breaking up a community than death itself? As we say goodbye, as we're separated from that person that we love. This began in Eden with Adam and Eve. And it's what Easter is all about. Ending that separation, that barrier that breaks community. We see that today in the gospel lesson. I love this lesson again. It's usually famously called Doubting Thomas. But I want you to notice that Thomas is not the only one who doubts. That poor guy gets quite a blame here. And you'll see that in a second. So John tells us, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of their fellow Jews, the ones that had killed Jesus, right? I love this. This is a quarantine. They're quarantined together. They're hiding. The doors are locked. It's dangerous to go outside. You feel like these guys at all? And they're afraid. Maybe you feel exactly like these disciples. And they're afraid because... Hey, they killed Jesus. They're going to come after me. What are your fears right now? In the end, death, disease, the economy, your job. Or maybe you've been quarantined so long together, you might be afraid of one another. What happens? As they're locked, as they're afraid... As they're separated, as they're divided. And let me tell you, even though they're together, 
they're not really enjoying community either. Is they're stressed out. They might even be questioning one another as Judas had betrayed them and had left the group. Who's next? Peter had denied Jesus three times. I wonder if they're sort of looking at one another a little bit suspiciously, not feeling community. Jesus comes in. I love this. He doesn't, this is not a Zoom meeting with Jesus. He, John says, came and stood among them physically, right there in their presence. Not a ghost, not a spiritual vision, but the resurrected physical body, soul, spirit of Jesus Christ comes right there. Even the doors are locked. He finds a way to get to where they are in their separation, in their loneliness, in their fear, and stands right among them. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. And what does he say? Peace be with you. That is the words of gospel. That is the benefit of the victory Christ has won for us on the cross and the empty tomb. What does it give us? It gives us peace. And not just a, and by the way, as I said last week, peace is just sort of thing you would say on the street in first century Palestine. Shalom, peace, you know, how are you doing? But when Jesus says it, it's not just a, like we, in fact, today we were gathering this morning and we see each other and we only see each other a couple times. We're all quarantined. We're all very safe, by the way. But um, we all kind of say, how are you doing? And we're like, we don't really mean that because we know there's a pandemic, you know, it's just something you say. Jesus, when he says, peace be with you, it's not a cordial greeting. He's giving it with his words, speaking it into your heart and into your mind. Because when he says it, he's saying, sins are forgiven. I just got done dying for you. Peace between you and God and you and one another. You're forgiven. And I just rose from the dead. Talk about peace. In knowing there's actually a future, there's actually an antidote to illness and death and this pandemic, that Jesus rose from the dead and he's come to give them, to give others, you and me, that same gift, ability, future, and hope. Knowing that that's secure, your sins are forgiven, wiped away, and that you're going to rise again. And that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And it will be okay. There's no better peace. Because I think our fear is the unknown. Our fear is the future. Is that going to happen or not? Are we going to have that job? And when is this pandemic going to end? How long is this going to last? Brings in that fear, doesn't it? And locks us up and breaks us apart. And it causes us all to be a little paranoid of the government, of others. Jesus says, peace be with you. Relax. I've risen from the dead, for goodness sakes. Surely I can take care of you. And with those words, a community is brought. People, sinners, you and me are brought back to God. Peace be with you. I'm telling you that out there. Peace be with you. But not only does it uh, um, create community between you and God, but between one another. Because fear and that shadow and that suffocating darkness is lifted. You can love one another now. 
you can trust one another. You can trust and maybe your heart might be broken. Maybe someone will uh, not follow through on something. But it doesn't matter. God's got your back. Jesus creates community with these words. Peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't you love that? And I would say you get that in baptism. Anytime you hear someone else breathe on you as they're telling you about Jesus, it is the very breath of God. The resurrected breath of Jesus falls upon these disciples, reminding them once again, this is not a ghost, this is not a vision, this is a, not a hallucination. This is a physical Son of God breathing on me and giving me peace. And what does he tell them to do? He says, I'm sending you, you're my ambassador. You're going to go out and breathe on people and tell them peace. You're going to go out and extend this community of hope and peace. I'm not going to do it, he says. You're going to. But you're doing it under my commission and my authority. It's a lot like when the government has an ambassador in different countries. They themselves might not be the highest official of the United States of America, but they are treated like that in those countries because they represent, they are the face of America where they are at. They get all the protections of being as if the United States was in that country and vice versa when we have ambassadors. You are that. Jesus says, in fact, he, he says it even more powerfully. He says, as uh, the Father has sent me. So this is the Son of God who was born, died, and rose for you, sent by God. He's saying, just as God sent me to you, I am sending you with the same power and the same authority to bring peace to people. To take this darkened room of fear, and you're going to leave here, because you're no longer afraid. And you're going to go into other people's rooms who are alone, who are scared, who are frightened, who are exiled from their family, who've messed up and screwed up and feel like there's no way God could love me. You're going to go into those rooms, people who are afraid of God and afraid of society. You're going to find those people, just like I found you, and you're going to say the same thing. Peace be with you. Sins forgiven. You're going to rise from the dead. And you're going to extend this community, this people of God. And it's going to extend into people's lives and it's going to be full of people, strangers, people you never knew before. And what happens? They end up doing this. Here we are. If you want to have proof as to the act of God, Jesus said to do this and it happened. You're here because Jesus told people to go tell you peace be with you. And you're a part of the community of Christ because of that. Here at St. James, we, uh, I've just been overjoyed by the community of St. James just coming here. Just the natural, organic groups of people that like to hang out, like to work together, like to party together. It's just a beautiful, cool thing here at St. James. There's a lot of different ways that we do that, men's group and, and women's group, um, and uh, trivia nights, all these awesome things, quite frankly, that we've missed sorely, especially here where we like to get together. 
and Zoom and this, we have to praise God for it. Because it's something, isn't it? It's big that we get to do this. But not only are in the next number of years, are we going to nourish those things and create new ways to be community and to extend and make sure that nobody at St. James is outside of the group, that nobody is sort of just kind of coming here but sort of feels alone at St. James. I and, and our leaders, and I want you, as you have great ideas, want to make sure that everyone feels a part of as experiencing the fullness of what it means to be a Christian, to have peace between God and us, but also peace between one another. And so hopefully we'll be seeing those things, not just now, but future ideas. And uh, right now we're doing our best during this pandemic. And I want you to think about this. Maybe you can't go outside. Maybe we're doing social distancing. But how are you saying peace be with you? How are you creating community, relationships, friendships, extending the peace of Christ in your little neck of the woods, in your neighborhood, in your homes, through Zoom meetings at work? Are you being the calm person that has peace during this pandemic? Not freaking out and screaming and yelling at uh, doctors or the government or your neighbors or taking strong, crazy sides in any of these issues? Or are you the person of peace and hope? But you're not, you know that Jesus is risen and you know that it's going to be okay. Are you being that person? Are you creating that sort of peaceful community? At St. James, we want to do that. Now, Lord, forgive us because we are sinners. and We screw up and we fall into being anti-community. and We push people away with our words. We give in to rage and anger, absolutely. But the awesome news is Christ is with us. And despite us, despite us, he goes into darkened rooms. People who are afraid, using sinners like us to bring hope and peace. He's been doing that for 150 years at St. James. He's going to continue to do that. He's going to especially do that at this pandemic. Eight days later, his disciples were inside. Thomas was with them. He wasn't there the first time. Thomas had said he doubted. I love how basically Jesus said, go and give peace. And then Thomas wasn't there, and they got their first opportunity, the first chance they got to do what Jesus told them to do. It was their brother in Christ, their friend Thomas. And so they told him that Jesus had uh, uh, risen. He doesn't believe it. Jesus goes and visits Thomas himself again, doesn't he? And shows him his hands. And then says this, he reminds them of this. Um, you believe because you see me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you. And that's me. Jesus blessed us with faith in Christ as we heard those words, peace be with you, from Jesus. And may people who hear those words from your mouths believe, too, that Jesus has died and risen for them. And they are a part of the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen.